Welcome to Thrive, Mental Health and the Art of Living Free. I'm your host, Melissa Clark, a professional counselor in the Dallas area with a passion for helping you overcome challenges, process painful emotions, and understand your God-given identity. Thank you so much for being here. I believe listening to this podcast will leave you feeling excited, educated, and empowered. As you know, we are in the middle of a series all about helping you to get healthy. We're looking at your physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, mental health, and relational health. We are looking at every part of you because I want to help you to regroup, regather, and to get back to living healthy. So we are sharing small, easy steps to help you to feel better, build healthier relationships, and to feel stronger. Today, we are talking about your spiritual health. If you have struggled with connecting with God, with understanding the Bible, trying to figure out who you are and what you're gifted at, this episode will really resonate and be meaningful for you. We are sitting down and talking with Amber L.B. Swinson. She is the author of Chosen for More, Just As You Are. And I really enunciate that because that's the whole point of it. You are chosen for more and you don't have to do anything other than be yourself. She is a wife, a mother, a speaker, and author of multiple books. And in this book, she tackles spiritual gifts and she wants to encourage you to let you know that God, you, he wants to use you. You have a gifting and a calling, and she wants to help you to discover that calling. In this episode, we talk about the barriers of discovering your God designed self. We talk about ways to understand what your spiritual gifts are. Cause I feel like that's a bit of a question mark. If you haven't been raised in the church and why this all is so important and what to do when you feel disqualified or Maybe it's too late for you or left behind. So I hope this episode just is really gentle and soothing to your soul. Be sure to hang around to the end where I am giving you a counselor on call segment, answering one of your questions. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amber. I want to welcome to the show, Amber L.B. Swinson. Amber, welcome. Thank you. So glad to be here. I am so excited for today's conversation. I love talking about identity. I feel like that is really the foundation to everything that we do, because I really believe that all of our actions come from our beliefs, including about ourselves, others, and God. And you have a book chosen for more, and it really is all about identity and spiritual gifts. And so I'm excited to talk with you about ways for us to discover our identity and also about our spiritual gifts, because that's something that a lot of us in the Christian world don't really know about, or we're kind of confused about. And I just think that that really does help us to have a healthier, more whole personhood, but also connecting with God the way that we're intended to connect with them. So that's the framework for today's conversation. What I'm curious if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll, we'll dive into those topics. Yeah. Well, the subtitle for the book, so chosen for more is the main title. And then the subtitle is just as you are. And I think that that speaks to me more than anything else, because Um, more than anything in my adult life, I've just tried to uh, figure out where God was taking me and be okay with that. Because the beginning of my life, especially the beginning of my adulthood, 
I had very different plans. And <laughs> every time I tried to do what I thought I needed to do, I went to college for creative writing literature. And I thought I was just going to move out East and I was going to be a novelist and live the life. And I had no time for getting married or having kids. And then I met this man, fell in love, got married. And then I was like, oh, we need to pay the bills. So I'm not going to be writing books. And so <laughs> Reality hit. Yeah. So just little by little, just trying to follow God's lead. And the beautiful thing is that realizing that God loves to use us right where we are. He doesn't look, and that was a huge lesson for me. Yeah. I mean, that was like a huge, huge lesson for me because, mm-hmm. you know, so many of us, when we're on fire for the Lord, we're, we're like, okay, Lord, do you want me to go to Africa? Do you want me to start a ministry? Do you want me to adopt 20 kids? And he's like, yeah, actually, I just want you to take care of the kids in your neighborhood. So mm-hmm. like when they come over to your house, like be the godly influence for them. And teach Sunday school at your church. And and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, but but there's but there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more. And to realize that your identity is using what you have, the gifts that God has given you, using the opportunities that he uses, that he has for you right in your neighborhood, right in your city, right in your church. Mm-hmm. That's the blessing. Because when we all do that, then we're all the body of Christ working together. Definitely. It makes me think about that old, that, uh, saying about like, God, why didn't you save me? And he's like, well, I sent the helicopter. I sent the, this, I sent the, that. But I think sometimes when we think about having our life purpose and finding something to do, I think we, it does feel like it should be something big mm-hmm. and social media definitely does not help with that because we can see from a, one vantage point, what all these people are doing. And we feel like that's what we should be doing. Yeah. So something that I like that I figured out uh, just not that long ago, actually, (laughs) is that, you know, social media is I've actually gotten uninvolved from social media of the last couple of years, especially. And in fact, uh, my favorite fast is a fast from social media. (laughs) I like to eat, but I'm like, yeah, I I might still have breakfast, but I'm going to give up social media. So um, I think that social media has done a disservice to so many of us in so many ways because it can make you feel like the ministry that you're doing is not all that big of a deal. But what I realized is that if I teach Sunday school, I've taught Sunday school for I think 18 years now. So maybe I'm maybe I'm only teaching six to ten children each year. But doing that over 18 years, look at how many lives you've touched. Mm -hmm. And if those kids grow up to know the Lord and then they start working in their church. I mean, exponentially, you are touching a ton of lives. Last night, I had a Bible study of young adults in my uh, house. And there was, I think, 19 of us. You know, by all, I'm not leading a Bible study with hundreds of people. But what if those 19 people walk with the Lord and go on to have families who walk with the Lord and go on to have Bible studies with 19 people in their houses? You know, social media is a false sense of victory Mm. because people can like something and it doesn't change their hearts. Mm -hmm. But when we breathe life into children, when we show them the way of the Lord, when we have Bible studies at our house and welcome young adults in and say, you're valuable and you mean so much to God and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. That is going to do so much more than that temporary like. And so we have to get past the idea of Somebody that we don't even know put their stamp of approval on us. And so that means something. And instead, just go to God and go where he leads and walk with him in knowing that we're doing what he has for us to do. And that's 
how we get that well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. I love that. What you're talking about is really, uh, it makes me think about it, investments oh, and that yeah. small little investment doesn't seem like a lot, but over time with that compound growth, it becomes very significant. Huge, huge, huge. And, and I have always told people to look, God is not going to ask your neighbor to do the same thing he asks you to. We don't have to keep looking over the fence and saying, but I like what she gets to do. Like, I want to do that. Don't worry about that. Worry about what's right in front of you and Mm -hmm. and go for that. And those investments, man, I can't think of a whole lot. I was teaching Bible history last Wednesday, and I think there were 12 kids in the class. And I said to them, I can't think of anything that will bring me more joy than when I get to heaven and see all these faces of all the people I've taught for all these years, like when we are all in eternity together, can you imagine how amazing this Mm -hmm. is going to be? Yeah. Having that kingdom, that kingdom, eternal perspective, it's easy to get lost in the moment and to feel like we should be doing more. We should be doing this. And there's really a culture, if you will, of hurry and, and striving and hustling and what you're talking about is really countercultural. How can we go about doing that? Because it, it doesn't, it doesn't come naturally to us. Right. Well, I think, I think it starts with being in the Bible. You know, I don't think Ruth thought she was doing anything huge. I don't think she was thinking she was extraordinary when she was taking care of her mother-in-law and going to glean in the fields. And I think a lot of the people in the Bible didn't think they were necessarily doing anything huge, you know, Mm -hmm. and yet it's those little things that lead to big changes or that keep a nation in intact or walking with the Lord. And, and I think our whole life as Christian is walking counterculture, you know, Mm -hmm. like swimming upstream. It's just what we have to learn to do, but also realizing there is such strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. Boy, when you get those 19 young adults together and they see they're not alone, that gives them to get through to the next month. Mm -hmm. Because when they're talking about in the, the identity issue, boy, that's a huge thing for young adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now you can decide what you want to be. You can identify as a fish. If you want, Mm -hmm. you can be a cat, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, be any gender, any combination of genders, any pronoun. And so for, for everyone, I think getting into the word, you know, go to the word and see, well, what is, what does God say? And what was his design and what Mm -hmm. is he teaching here? And just finding your strength in there and then getting together with other Christians and boy, helping each other, encouraging each other, holding each other accountable. And, and at the end, you know, I, I just love the last thing I do when I finish any classes, when I finish any Bible studies is ask for prayer requests. And when people open their heart up mm-hmm. and just say, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, my class or my professor, or, you know, it's just such a privilege as Christians to walk together and carry Mm -hmm. each other in prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we think that that's all we can do is to pray, but that's really the biggest thing to do is to partner with God. I love the subtitle of the, just as you are. And I think about from a counseling perspective and just as a, just as a person, all the insecurities that I have and how those insecurities really keep me stuck and focused on myself and what I can and can't do what I think I can and can't do. Speak into that in terms of like the insecurities that maybe you see with the young people in your Bible study or or yourself or just through your writing to helping people. Yes. So interestingly enough, last night we started going through the book of Judges 
Uh-huh. And God had told his people to conquer the land of Canaan. In fact, he promised them that he would give them the land of Canaan. And by the time you get to the second chapter of Judges, you realize that tribe after tribe after tribe after tribe that I can't. Mm. And they didn't. And what happened is the angel of the Lord came down and said, since you didn't trust me, they will stay there and they will be a snare to you. Mm. That is a powerful message. We on our own can't do a lot of things. But when we are combined with God, when when we rely on God's power, he working through us, we can do those things that our insecurities would otherwise keep us from. And Satan loves nothing more than to say, who do you think you are? You, of course, can't do this. You are not going to be able to withstand. You're not going to be able to do this thing that you're trying to do. And so, you know, we have to realize that, first of all, we're fighting Satan. We're fighting our own sinful nature who thinks self-talk of, oh, yeah, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. So you're fighting those two things. But who is on your side? All throughout the Bible, we're told, do not fear. We're told, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so to get through the insecurities, we have to remember who's on our side. Yeah. And I think to also practice reminding ourselves of that truth, that that inner voice, uh, whether you think it's Satan or just our inner critic, that voice is really loud and it's very repetitive. I came across some research research and it said that 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts and 95% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) back in 2020, one of the biggest lessons of my life was, um, Louis Giglio did a sermon called changing the narrative and he ended up writing the book. Don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. And he talked about, it was based on the apostle Paul saying, take every thought captive. And he said, how many thoughts are you letting stay in your head? that are negative, that put you down, that tell you you can't. And I listened to that sermon, I bet 20 times. And I went, yes, yes, yes. Why am I allowing these thoughts? So, and his point, which was the Apostle Paul point all along. So the thought comes in, you have to say, you have to discern. Is this from God? No, God's word never says, don't try, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. What do we, you can do all things through Christ. You can do strength, <laughs> right? God's word never says, you know what? You really screwed up. I can't use you. Mm-hmm. All of God's word sh- says just the opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. Rahab and the woman at the well and Peter and all these people who screwed up like the apostle Paul who was killing Christian. I mean, so we have to take these thoughts captive. We can't mm-hmm. let them ruminate in our mind and keep us from all the important things that we should and could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the fancy word for that is mindfulness, Mm -hmm. just paying attention to what we're thinking about, what we're thinking about. And so I I think that's so crucial when you think about how so many of our thoughts are negative and the Bible tells us that our, that our words bring life or bring death. And I love it in the message translation. It says that our words are either fruit or poison. And we think we don't think about it in terms of our inner dialogue, but what we're saying is really shaping how we see ourselves mm-hmm. Absolutely, and what we do and, with that. Right. And it keeps us from doing a lot of things. You know, how many people are stuck in addictions mm-hmm. because they honestly do not think that they are strong enough to get through it every night. 
they go to bed with the same intention. I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. And halfway through the day, they say, I'm not strong enough. Mm -hmm. Well, God doesn't need us to be strong enough. He's strong enough for us. And I think the other thing too, you know, you had mentioned, you know, sometimes prayer is all you can do. I think we can't forget the importance of fasting. Mm -hmm. Jesus' disciples were trying to get rid of the demon mm -hmm. and they couldn't. And they came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we get him out? And he said, this one requires prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. And again, I know that's not a popular thing in our culture because we're all about fulfilling ourselves and, you know, get what you want as you need it. Don't put anything off. And, but if God says... <laughs> some demons you need to fast to get through. I mean, if you're living with a spouse who's battling addiction, if you're watching your child go down the road of addiction, I know I've had several loved ones in my life go through different phases of different addictions. You would do anything for this person. All you want is to see healing, to come to a place of peace and not being held captive by this. Why not? try fasting. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I think that the thing that we do so often is we, we make everything such a big deal. Like I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to read, you know, for an hour a day and you get three days and you're like, I can't do this. Like <laughs> I, I can't keep it up. And mm -hmm. so you stop or you start to diet and you stop eating everything mm -hmm. and you go, Oh, this isn't working. You know, it's the same with fasting. There's different types of fasting in the Bible. Daniel for three weeks didn't put on any of his lotions, mm -hmm. you know, just a, a small thing, whether it's a social media fast, or you don't have that cup of coffee in the morning, I can feel it when I don't have my first cup of coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. And when I feel that, when I get that, like, Oh, I'm still groggy. I feel that's my little nudge to God. We need your help. I'm fasting and I'm coming to you help this person to get out of this addiction, mm -hmm. help them to overcome this anxiety that's crippling them. I think that we do ourselves a disservice and certainly the ones that we love a disservice if fasting isn't part of the protocol for dealing with some of these mental issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. And it's definitely one of those spiritual disciplines. And there's, I think, 12 different disciplines and fasting is one of them. And the Bible doesn't say if you fast, but when you fast. Right. And so that I recommend, I recommend that a lot with clients, if they're feeling stuck fast in our own lives from different seasons of our life. And to me, it just really is about one of those things about getting out of your comfort zone and testing, almost like testing that, that, that our own desires. And cause I know for myself, one of my biggest roadblocks is just comfortability and keeping myself so comfortable that it can keep me stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think comfort is a big thing that holds us all back, right? Yeah. It's easier to stay in the shadows. It 100% mm -hmm. is. But you look at David when he went to see his brothers and he brought them the food from his father and he was checking on the troops and all those troops were sitting there shaking in their boots, looking at Goliath. Mm -hmm. And yep, the most comfortable thing is to sit on that hillside and go, man, that guy's big. Mm hmm but that's not going to make any progress. Mm -hmm. And what did David say when he went against Goliath? Not in my strength, but mm -hmm. with the strength of the Lord. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it goes back to that self-talk again and all mm -hmm. the things that we've talked about. Like it is so easy to talk ourselves out of the mm -hmm. things of God, but God never says that in his word. He gives us examples and he gives us his word. Like I will be with you and mm -hmm. I will help you. 
Mm -hmm. So move forward. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, the book of judges is a perfect example of that. You know, when Mm -hmm. people were like, I don't think we can do that. And then God saying, well, you could have, and because you didn't trust me now you won't. Mm -hmm. Scary. So brink. Well, I think what's hard is to realize that we could be so much better off if we would just take God at his word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at all the people in the new Testament who Jesus healed, how many of them didn't he say your faith has made you well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you look at that woman who touched him, who had been bleeding. And I think would I have had the faith to go up there in that crowd mm-hmm. and touch him and then to admit to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's scary. That's mm-hmm. very scary. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Talk about being embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Awkward. <laughs> But look at what she got out mm-hmm. of it. Totally. She was healed after mm-hmm. 12 years and spending all her money on doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to, I want to back up a little bit and you talked about just doing the things that are right in front of us. Talk to me about spiritual gifts and how we can discover those spiritual gifts based on what we're going through and what we like and just who we are as people. Yeah. So spiritual gifts are gifts uniquely given to us by the Holy Spirit to work in God's kingdom. Everybody has spiritual gifts. You, Nobody was uh, left out when it comes to spiritual gifts. So if you're thinking, well, I'm pretty sure I don't have those. Nah, <laughs> Skipped over me in the assembly line. You definitely do. Some people have speaking gifts. Some people have serving gifts. Some people have gifts of discernment. Um, and it's actually a lot easier than you think. So for the speaking gifts, you might have the gift of encouragement, which doesn't mean that you have to get up in front of a crowd and give a big speech, it may mean sending a card mm-hmm. to someone and lifting them up. It may be uh, stopping in the grocery store to talk to that mom who's totally frazzled because her kids are driving her crazy and saying, you are going to make it. And I'm going to say a quick prayer for you and keep going, mama, what you're doing is important. You know, again, I think we can just talk ourselves out of so much and be like, well, I, I could never do that. No, you can serving gifts are again, just, it could be as easy as, you know, helping somebody with a meal, Mm -hmm. bringing a meal to their house. And if you really don't are not a good cook, it might be sending a gift card so that they can, you know, order curbside pickup or whatever it's, we can spiritual gifts have been given to us to lift up the body of Christ. We all have these and it's unfortunate that we don't talk about them enough. Yeah. Uh, There are things called spiritual gift inventories and you can actually get them free online. Yeah. And they are fabulous. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, that's a good way to identify them. Yeah. I'll I'll include one of those in the show notes because it is helpful to know what we're gifted at and to know, okay, here's, I am gifted at like one of mine is encouragement. So how can I, God help me today to encourage somebody and, you know, I'm a professional counselor, but I always haven't been a professional counselor. And I remember just being like, who can I listen to today? Who can I, who can I talk with today? And I find meaning in just being kind to people at the grocery store or a neighbor, because I think we, we know this based on research, just how lonely we are and the value. We don't know what God can do with that small little act of obedience. And I think that identifying your spiritual gifts does two things. It not only helps you to hone those gifts, Mm -hmm. It also keeps you from doing things that you might not be gifted at. Yeah, that's that's true. Actually a bigger deal than you think. Yeah. 
So for me, my spiritual gifts are teaching, mentoring, and shepherding. So that makes it pretty easy. Teaching Sunday school, teaching women's Bible studies right up my alley. That doesn't mean that I'm not asked to serve on the fellowship committee or sing in the choir or whatever. And it was so important for me to take the spiritual gift inventory because that's when I went, oh, right. This is why I hate serving on the fellowship committee (laughs) or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, because there are people that are uniquely gifted to do that, to do social events yeah, and to plan that. That is it. But when I am trying to do something that I'm not uniquely gifted at, more often than not, I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. So when we know what our gifts are, we can use them. And boy, that's, it's a joyful experience Mm -hmm. to use our gifts. It really is. And it's motivating. God doesn't want to drain us and God doesn't want to see us struggle. There are times where we have to clean toilets or, you know, serve food or do something like that. But as a whole, especially the older we get, the more he wants us to step into the giftings that he gave us. There's a book um, called Hearing God by Dallas Willard. And he says, you know, whenever I send my kids when they were little out into the backyard to play, I didn't really care what they played. I just wanted them to play according to who they, who, who they are. And he likens that to God and just wanting it. God wants us to do who he's made us to be. I, I think you're so right. Figuring out who, who are we maybe doing a fast or being intentional in prayer and being really mindful of those negative self-talk. Is there anything else that we can do Amber to step into that? Yeah. I think that's the blessing of being in a Bible study mm-hmm. with other people is that other people see gifts in you yeah. that you don't necessarily see. I, I didn't start teaching uh, by myself. I, in fact, was asked to teach Sunday school when my daughter was three, when my oldest was three. And I said, I'm not a teacher. Are you kidding <laughs> me? No, I can't do that. Well, I stepped into that role and it was easy enough for three-year-olds. And then about oh, two or three years later, my pastor came to me and suggested I teach a women's Bible study. And again, I did the whole, I'm not a teacher. Like, are you kidding me? It was other people identifying a gift in me that I didn't even know that I had. And if they wouldn't have pushed me, I would have missed out on exactly who God called me to be. So I think, especially with young people, you said, as we get older, we tend to know what our gifts are. We are more in our you know, we know where we need to be and what we need to be doing. But for those young adults, for all of us who are older, um, boy, if we can mentor them and -hmm. if we can get them in Bible studies together, it's funny how they are so open with each other. You know, when someone does say something and they're like, you're always the one to find the bright spot. Guess what? That's the gift of encouragement right there. Mm -hmm. Or someone says something like, well, what you said, I think we have to be careful here. Guess what that is? That's discernment. Mm-hmm. So when we are able to identify gifts in other people, we can really set them on the path of using those gifts in a way that just builds the kingdom and glorifies God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the body being the body. Absolutely. And, I, and I think with COVID, it took away a lot of that. And that's, you know, this year on my podcast, it's all about being healthy, a year of being healthy. Because the past two years has really taken it out of us. I think we have to be honest with ourselves. We weren't exactly healthy before COVID. You know what I mean? But then the pandemic happened. And now I think we're just all kind of scrambling to get back to, you know, regular healthy rhythms. But what were those rhythms? And being in community is just vital, not only for ourselves, but for others. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, I think you're dead on. I, I, I think you got it absolutely right. In fact, that's part of our Bible study discussion last night. You know, it's easy to look at the Israelites and see how they went astray, Yeah, but we were talking about how 2020 was a, a wake up to Christians, how, if you allowed it to be, um, we had gone on our own binge of idolatry, whether it was materialism, entertainment, a lot of us spent a good deal of 2020, you know, on Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever streaming service we could get. And, uh, I know for our family, we really finally started saying, guys, what are our goals? Who do we want to be? Um, the world is really, really wicked and immoral. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the more Netflix and Amazon prime you watch, the more you realize, whoa, guys, we don't want to be this and we have to do something different. And I think, I, I think what people need to hear, I hope what people hear in 2022, what my message is, is hope mm -hmm. because I think we have been beaten down for two years, but there is hope. And I think we have to um, get in the word. I cannot say enough how much I encourage. I don't care if you get one other friend to read the Bible with during 2021. Um, that's one of the things I did is I had a couple of friends and every morning we would text each other. We were reading the Psalms together and we would just give our comments on, you know, Psalm one, then Psalm two, then Psalm three. And then, you know, if you're able to get in a group, whether it's two or three or five or eight or 25 people, you can find hope mm -hmm. reading the Bible together and being together and you can find that hope. And if you get comfortable enough to be transparent, boy, that is where you will really see the healing start. Mm -hmm. When you say, man, I have struggled for two years, whatever, and just people encouraging you saying, I will pray for you. I'm going to check in on you. There's hope. Mm -hmm. God is the God of hope. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so good. Amber, this is all so helpful. Is there anything that we haven't hit that you feel like a listener would really benefit from hearing today? Yeah, I think the my favorite person in the book chosen for more was Peter because he was a work in progress. And I think one of the things that we do to ourselves is we think, well, I don't know the Bible well enough to teach Sunday school, or I don't have my life all together. So how could I serve in God's kingdom? And I love the fact that Jesus called his disciples and he just said, follow me. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, clean up your life, get it all together. Peter, you got to get control out of your, over your mouth. And when you do that, I can probably use you. Um, no, Jesus said, follow me. And everything started to work out. These people, these men became men of the spirit as they were with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So as we are in the word, the word will work in our mm -hmm. hearts, in our life, in our thoughts, and God will smooth out the rough edges. He'll, he'll make it work. So for anyone who feels like, well, that's fine and, and good. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, you've got it all together. So you can lead a Bible study in your home. Mm -hmm. No, I don't have it all together. <laughs> I don't have it all together at all. You know, there's mm -hmm. a reason when people come over, I'm like, I know you're coming to see me and not my house. And, you know, I've gotten through and past a lot of, uh, of the things that would make people stumble and make me stumble. Yeah. Realizing that, you know what? I don't have to have it all together. Feeling disqualified. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Who in the Bible felt qualified? Moses certainly didn't. Mm -hmm. Gideon mm -hmm. certainly didn't. Isaiah mm -hmm. certainly didn't. Mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. uses the 
people who didn't think much of themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Our flaws and failures definitely don't hold us, don't have to hold us back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, but the more we focus on that, the more it just limits us, but it's not God limiting us. It isn't. And again, it's what are you allowing? What thoughts are you allowing to take, you know, mm-hmm. that spot in your head? What, what, how much of your life are you giving to those thoughts that are just stealing your joy and keeping you from the life that God intended you to have? Yeah. Well, I want to encourage anybody listening, you know, to think about finding your, finding your giftings and just stepping out in faith. Who's around you? If we all do our part, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but we would live in a very different world. Yeah, absolutely. In the first Bible study that I um, started, one of the first ones I did, I grabbed another Christian friend. I was too timid to do it. But what if, what if you ask somebody else, another mom, let's start a mom's Bible study. Yeah, I'm scared to death. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I can do it. But man, if we both work on it, what Mm -hmm. do you know? Mm-hmm. Two is better than one. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. It's a lot more fun too. Well, Amber, this has been so good. Where can we find you? So you can go to amberlbswenson.com. LB is A-L-B-E-E or timeofgrace.org. And you also have a podcast, right? Yeah, it's called Little Thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I'll include all that in the show notes. Thank you, Amber, so much. Thank you. You bet. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I personally have found the Bible to be such a place of connection with God, a way of discovering more about myself and just really trying to uncover the path that God has for me. A lot of clients I talk with and friends and uh, even myself have struggled from time to time with figuring out how to read the Bible. It can feel kind of boring or outdated or frustrating. There's parts of the Bible that, man, maybe you just don't agree with. And I get all of that. Nevertheless, I still find immense value in connecting to God through his word. And so I want to give you a short, simple way of connecting with him. And that number one is to find a translation that works for you. There's lots of different translations. I personally have found the message translation to be really illuminating and helpful for this journey of my faith. I've been saved from a very young age. And so I grew up with the NIV translation. And I found myself just kind of feeling like I've read that and not feeling anything new or feeling that, that vibrancy or that life connection when you read something new, especially when you're a new believer. So whenever I switch to the message translation, which just makes it a little bit more relatable and in today's terms, I began to fell back in love with God's word and really wanting to read it every morning. So find a translation that works for you. The second thing I want you to do is just to simply write, read one chapter. You don't have to do an hour long Bible study. Most of us do not have the time for that, but read one chapter. And then I want you to add to that by writing down the verse that really connects and resonates for you. I believe deeply that as we put God's word into our heart, as we put it into our mind, it begins to change the way that we think it begins to change the way that we feel, and it begins to change the way that we connect with other people. So read that one verse, write that one verse, and then pray that one verse for you connect with it. 
really resonate. Let it, let it ruminate, let it marinate in your heart. And all of that takes all of five minutes. I can guarantee you, you have five minutes. It is definitely worth it. When you think about discovering your spiritual gifts, which again, that will be in the show notes. And when you think about connecting with God, his word is just a part of it. And you know what? I I get it. Like maybe you don't agree with all of it. And, And I've been there and I have felt that way myself to be fully transparent, but I still find such value in connecting with him, even though I have some question marks and some things that don't make sense to me at the end of the day, my faith says that God is good. He's good all the time and he loves us and he wants to enter into a love relationship with you. I hope this episode has been encouraging for you, inspiring, and maybe a little challenging. So thank you so much for joining me this week on Thrive, Mental Health and the Art of Living Free. Be sure to visit my website where you can subscribe to get the show notes. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you never miss an episode. And as always, you know, I'm going to ask, please help me out by adding some stars to the review or take a minute to share the episode with a friend or write a short review about how this episode has been helpful for you. We are in for a real treat next week. We are sitting down with Bob and Polly Hamp to talk about emotional abuse in abusive relationships. And so this is one that you will not want to miss. Take care and have a great week.